I'm waving to the live stream booth. They're blinking lights at me and everything else. I think it's time to get started. Everybody come on in. Come on in. Let's stand up sing everybody on in. We're going to have a great day today. Thank you, Clay, and you guys for hosting. Y'all do a great job back there. Appreciate it so very, very much. Good to see everybody. I will call upon the Lord. preaching if you want to. If you get bored, just get your phone out, sign up for the retreat. You'll get a lot out of that, all right? It's good to see everybody. Welcome to Watch Ferry Road. So glad you're here today. Service is a little bit different today, so I just kind of want to clue you in on that because I know how you love change, right? Everybody loves change. Uh, That's why you sit in a different seat every time you come to church, right? You know better. Uh, Matter of fact, if somebody sits in your seat, it kind of bothers you a little bit, right? We are creatures of habit. But we're going to do what we call a seamless service today. We're going to be doing some singing and some preaching as we work through this psalm. We're in Psalms, of course, and reading through those. Uh, that's just been a great blessing. And we're going to deal with Psalm 34 today. So if you have your phone or your Bible, get that out because we're going to stay in that. Get it out right now. We're going to stay in it the whole time. And so as we're kind of working through this uh, particular type of service uh I was I was thinking about this uh, one particular song that I I've heard it recently. As a matter of fact, somebody had asked me about why don't y'all sing that song? And kind of find out John had already been practicing it with the worship team, uh, so that was that was cool. And it just led to today. It's out of this psalm, and so I, uh, I wanted him to give you a little taste of the new song before we kind of actually get into the sermon and everything. So John, c- come and y'all teach us a little bit of this new song we're doing. Turn to the psalm and you'll get the uh, you'll get the verses uh, right out of there. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on Him are radiant. Will never be ashamed. Will never be ashamed.
church said, just stay standing for a minute. Stay standing for a minute. Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. That means you've got to do something here today when you sing here, right? This ain't just singing in your heart. Heart, voice, everything, right? Don't worry about your neighbor. They've heard worse. They've heard worse. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. So we're going to do this out loud. That's what lips are about, right? Out loud, on purpose, with others. We're giving God the glory today. We're lifting Him up. We're renewing our lives through worship, acknowledging the greatness of God and everything He's done. That's what David is doing here, and that's what we're going to do today. So say with me this last part that's highlighted here. Uh, repeat that with me. You guys uh, also too. Here, ready? Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. One more time. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord of all hearts. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice.
be seated, please. Amen. Thank you, John, the team, so very, very much. The next section of this psalm, after he has this declaration, David does, about how great the God is, and we extol him, and we uh, lift him up, we give him glory. He says this, just what we sing about. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered, I love that word, deliverance. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Not the poor man. David says, this poor man. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. He says he delivers them from fear. He delivers them from shame. He delivers them from t- trouble. But he says he sought God. He looked for him. He ran to him. That's who you seek. When you're in trouble, unfortunately, many times we run the other way. We try to hide. Remember, there's a guy named Adam tried that. Didn't work out too well, right? You can't hide from God. But if you'll do the other, if you'll run to him, if you'll seek him, he's the deliverer. He takes care of us. He delivers us from our sin, from our shame, from our hurts. And aren't you glad God delivered you? That story of the death, burial, and resurrection, that gospel brought deliverance. David knew a long time ago where true deliverance stood. It stood in trusting God and whatever he had lined up for us. We celebrate deliverance every Sunday here at this particular church. We do a thing called the Lord's Supper. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we take the bread and it represents the body of Christ, right? And we remember the sacrifice made for us. We also take the fruit of the vine and we remember the blood that was shed for our sins. We also do it together because we're a family, a forever family. And we've been delivered, not just personally, but we've been delivered to put into a body of people that we walk this journey together. And I don't know about you, but I need the help of other folks. My walk isn't always where it needs to be, right? We don't have to amen that too loud there. But it's not. But boy, do I ever need folks walking with me. So when we take the Lord's Supper, we do so because we are delivered. We're delivered to celebrate what He's done for us, what He has done, is doing, and will do through the gospel. When we give a contribution, we're going to take up some, some money here in a little bit. So uh, I started to tell you, I started to tell you to stand up so you could get in your pocket easier, but you know, that's okay. You, you get in there easy anyway, right? But because we're delivered is why we give. We give our money on Sundays because we're delivered. 
We give out of appreciation and gratitude for what God's done for us. I love what we do the first Sunday, which is something we'll do today on the first Sunday of the month at this particular church. We give, as our tradition, an extra contribution to take care of each other within the family that runs into problems. All of a sudden, there's a diagnosis of cancer and I can't afford the treatment. I have to go to MD Anderson or those kind of things. And we take up money and help each other. That's what family does, right? Delivered. We do it because we are delivered. He says in the psalm, out of fear, I keep finding myself having to keep being delivered out of that from time to time. How about you? He says you're delivered from shame. You know, so many times God's forgiven us, but we just keep carrying a burden of shame with us when we don't really need to. You need to believe what God says about you more than what you say about yourself. God says you're delivered. You're delivered. God says your shame's gone. Let it be gone. God says your sin's removed as far as the east from the west. Let it be removed. Don't drag any of that burden stuff behind you. Let it be gone. Trust God for your deliverance. So we're going to celebrate that as we take the Lord's Supper and we take up the collection today and we're celebrating a deliverance because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And look, we don't just do it for this day. We do it to nourish us to go out for the rest of this week and remember to look for opportunities to share that good story with other folks that need delivered too, right? Father in heaven, Grateful for your deliverance through the blood of Jesus. As we take communion together, Father, we we honor you. We give you glory. We're honored in our hearts and minds to be together as a family. You've put us together from all walks of life, all kinds of crazy backgrounds, and you made us kinfolk. You delivered us. Thank you for the salvation we have. Thank you, Father, for growing us, for being patient with us. Thank you, Father, for the unselfishness of the brothers that meets the needs of this church and the church worldwide. Thank you, Father, for their unselfish hearts. We pray, Father, we'll continue to grow in learning how to declare your praises and how to acknowledge your deliverance day in and day out, and especially this time as a church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Lay your burdens down, every care you carry, and come to the table of grace. For there is mercy.
to Psalm 34. Verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I like how that starts. Taste and see the Lord. Are you a taster? I mean, if you go to something, there's a bunch of stuff around. Do you have to taste everything? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a taster. I admit it. Uh, and... I like to taste things, and if I find something I particularly like, I like to taste it more than one time. Some calls it, sometimes it tasting just turns into eating. You know what I'm saying? Well, it doesn't take much of a taste once you get a taste of the Lord to know it's good, and there's nothing like it. Taste and see. The Lord is good. This is written by a guy that's had to run for his life. It's written by a king that doesn't look like a king. David, who's out here and all of a sudden has trouble in one particular town with Ambamelech, and then all of a sudden now he's in a cave with all kinds of problems around him. And he writes this particular psalm. And he declares the greatness of God. He declares deliverance. And he says, taste and see. Have a desire for God. That's the word, desire. Matter of fact, if we could just control our desires, how much easier life would be. Right? I mean, if I could just drive by Baskin Robbins without stopping. (laughs) But you know what? That desire just, I don't know. It's like my car knows where to turn in. Sometimes you just desire something. You just want something. We want the joy of the Lord and the experience of walking with God to be so strong in our life that that just becomes the desire of our heart. We've tasted this good and, 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 and we find refuge there. We find provision there. We find nourishment when we taste and see. When you taste, he says, the psalmist says, you'll be satisfied. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. Not only will you be satisfied, nothing else will really matter. And whatever you have, you need when you've tasted the Lord. Remember what Peter said about that later on in the New Testament? That through God we have all, everything we need for life and godliness has been given to us. Everything we need. So if you're looking, thinking, man, I have a need out there and I can't find it. Look back here in the word of the one who created you. He knows best how you function. And he's going to tell us a little bit about that in just a moment. Uh, how to live life. How to have a long, successful life. By watching our tongue and by living pure-hearted desire 
taste and see. It's a continual acknowledgement of our need for God, a recognition that he's the one that takes care of us. And we have that continual thirst. Remember, David wrote, as the deer what? Thirst for the water. So my soul, my soul longs for you. Taste, be satisfied. You lack nothing. Taste, be satisfied. You lack nothing in the Lord. Keep seeking Him. He'll take care of you. He brings deliverance and creates in us a desire for Him. And because of that, we give Him glory. We give Him honor. And we continually acknowledge our need for our God. I need you more, more than yesterday, I need you more, more than words can say, I need you more, than ever before, I need you more, I need you more. I need you more, more than 
in this psalm he comes to a point where he says you know you just got to learn to depend on God he says come my children listen to me I will teach you the fear of the Lord whoever loves life and desires to see many good days and he's going to give him a little bit of advice here about how to live good days you know we ought to listen to the one that made us he knows best how we ought to function right and it's amazing we miss the simple things sometimes. Keep your tongues from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. I like this verse. Seek peace. Then just say seek it. Seek it and pursue it. Chase after it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. He says, eyes, ears, and face. In other words, God's full attention is right here. He's looking at you. He's listening to you. His Face is attentive to everything that's going on in your life. How many times do we feel like, you know, God just didn't hear that prayer or God must not be paying attention or that kind of thing, right? So how do you know that, Mike? Because we ask for the same old things over and over again like he didn't hear us the first time. You, you, your parents, right? You understand that. How many times have your kid asked for something? Over and over and over and over and about five more overs till they get it, right? And you want to say sometimes, I heard you the. God heard you the first time. Depend on him. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. And of course, here's a verse probably familiar to a lot of us. I think it's because it's ministered to so many people. The Lord is close to the broken hearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
last few weeks, I've had a few broken-hearted moments. Uh, the Lord's always there. Something happens in your life and you're crushed in your spirit. At that point, you're tempted to be discouraged and down, and yet God is always right there. He's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now think about that phrase. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That means that your most weakest down struggling time in life, when you have that moment in your life, God is there rescuing. God doesn't run from you when you struggle. When you have a weak moment, when you're crushed in your spirit, He saves you out of it. God is not like I was kind of raised as a kid, as a father up in heaven with a, uh, uh, we used to sing the song, the all seeing eye watches you, but I thought about watches you and you and these, you know, and, and, and he's like a, a, a big grandfather in heaven with a big stick and he's just looking over, watching you, waiting for you to stump your toe and say a bad word and boom, I got you. That's not our father. Our Father in Heaven is someone that watches, He's close, He rescues. And when you're broken hearted, He's even closer. He wants you to know He's right there. And then when you're crushed in your spirit, He's there to rescue you. So even those moments that we're down, do not fear. Remember what the prophet said about Jesus? A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wax he will not snuff out. When your fire's going out and it's just smoking and coming up into the face, it doesn't irritate God like it does us. God looks down to that smoldering wick and he rescues. In your weak point, a reed is just a little old stick. If it's got a bruised spot on it, it'll break real easy. It says, that spot, a bruised reed, God doesn't break you. He takes care of you. It's a beautiful picture of how God is concerned about the broken moments of our life. He rescues and is close to the broken hearted. So we depend on him for that. When you get that picture of God, you think, that's a God I can depend on, right? Because he knows everything about me and still loves me anyway. That's why they call amazing grace. Amazing. <laughs> So we need to learn to trust in Him. We trust His Word. We trust His love. We trust His compassion. We trust His power. We trust His provision. We trust His heart. And we trust His grace. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's stand and think about the grace of God.
Righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord, I love the last verse. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. The Lord redeems his servant. No one, no one will be condemned that takes refuge 
in him. This week we lost a brother, one of our ambassadors in Africa, Isaac Day. Isaac was, uh, to me, a hero of the faith. He's spoken here many, many times. A man of deep, deep commitment and love to the Lord. A man of conviction. When I thought about Isaac this week, I thought, of, and I was thinking about this psalm, I thought the, this whole psalm is about Isaac. He always made sure he declared the glory of God when he did something. Always in his preaching. Always giving God glory and honor. He always talked about deliverance and how God could save people and the need to get the good news out there to people. Whatever country he happened to be working in at the time, whether it was the Gambia or Liberia. He had that great burning desire for God. And he depended on him. And it's been a terrible last five years of his life. We've he's went from doctor to doctor all over this country as well as Africa and other places and never could find a solution to his problem. But I thought about him a lot because I thought about the times that he's mentioned to me about refuge in God. And that's what he has today. Because the Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. Well, it's obviously, look, I mean, he'll tell you, they'll be the first to tell you, right? A lot of tough times in his life, early on as well as late, hard times, spiritual warfare, battling the evil one. And in his particular country and context, they were much more conscious of the spiritual warfare going on and the battles that take place. Remember what we said earlier? The Lord is close to who? The brokenhearted and he rescues those who are what? Crushed in spirit. And God reached down and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. And aren't you grateful for that kind of grace? So we want to honor him and because he honored the gospel. And I want you to watch this video we have of Isaac for the next moment. be convicted of the calling of the Lord because if that conviction is not there that can lead to confusion when trials comes and difficulties arises along the way one can easily abandon the mission mission is a tough thing but if I understand that this work I'm doing is not my work but God's work there's no mountain there's no hardship there's no difficulties there's no opposition that can stop us. I remember when we first, when they asked us to go to the Gambia, I was diagnosed with typhoid fever. 
But I was so convicted of the calling and the commission to go to the Gambia. And I, and I beg God, please, if you just give me one day to go to this predominant Muslim country and pronounce that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Savior of the world, just for one day, if I say that and I die out of this sickness, I'll be fine. And with that faith, I went and I spent 16 years on the mission field. We did a great job. So faith in God makes everything possible for us, even in the face of difficulties and hardship. God will make it easier. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. If your spirit is crushed, if you're brokenhearted, if you've been seeking refuge in some other way of life, and hadn't found it. You have no peace. When we sing an invitation song, that's an invite from the Lord and his family that it's time. Allow God to rescue you. See, God's done everything he can, right? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's all there. It's by grace we're redeemed. Allow that good news to prick your heart, to move you towards seeking the Lord, desiring the Lord, being delivered by the Lord. And we'll declare that God gets the glory and the honor and we get the encouragement from being together as that's the way it always should be, right? So that's what our invitation, we call it our forever family time. If you need to be baptized into Christ, start all over brand new, That's not, this is the opportunity. If you just need some help walking in life, and then we've got folks that will be down front to pray with you. We'll walk together. So I promise you there's not one person in here better than anybody else. We're all on this journey together, right? And uh, But we want to honor God, and we do totally depend upon his grace. It's by grace I am redeemed. If you have a need, you can come while we stand and while we sing.